Hello, everyone. I'm Philip Michaels. This podcast is a work of nonfiction, except for the parts we make up. Yes, it's the Macworld Podcast. It's episode 294, if you uh, keep track of these things. And it's another edition of the Macworld Pundit Showdown. We have on a group of panelists who will answer questions about the latest news in the Mac universe. They will receive points for their answers, or they might lose points for their answers. Hopefully, you might learn something and... In honor of one of the subjects for for many of the questions that will be asked today, um, Mr. Mike Daisy, uh, uh, monologist and uh, and uh, uh, performer, uh, much of this podcast will feature fabrications and uh, and and uh, and lies. So let's get right to it. Introducing the panelists, and again, each introduction will contain at least one patent untruth. Uh, our first guest today is. The editorial director of Macworld, uh, one of the uh, winningest panelists in Macworld Pundit Showdown history, though on a bit of a losing streak lately. And once <laughs> all this is true, <laughs> and, and once while visiting Apple for a product briefing, he saw three Apple employees crushed by the snow cone machine. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Jason Snell. Hello, Phil. It's good to be here. Crushed entirely. And, and cry and shame. Yes. And and Apple executives just stepped over the bodies, I believe, as, as you've told us. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. Okay, exactly what happened. Our next panelist comes to us from the fighting city of Seattle. He is an expert in Wi-Fi. You can read his work at Macworld.com. You can read his work at Tidbits. You can read his work in The Economist. And especially, you can read his work in the latest issue of Guns and Ammo. <laughs> Glenn Fleischman. Hi, Phil. How are you today? Good. Just, you know, loading up my bandolier, getting ready for the day. <laughs> good. Very good. Very good. We're glad to have you. You you especially wanted to participate in the Mike Daisy-themed uh, episode of the Pundit <laughs> Showdown. Oh, yes, oh. I did. Well, we're, we're, as I said, we're happy to have you. Thank you. Our third panelist is a staff writer for Macworld. He is the author of a book about a book called The Snuggy Sutra. He once shamelessly asked Jimmy Fallon to give him a job on his writing staff, and he lives in a house entirely powered by coal. Only one of those things I just said is untrue. It's Lex Friedman. Hello there. Hello, Lex. Lex is joining us uh, very late on the day. He's based on the East Coast. And he's um, he's generously agreed to take time out of his his family schedule to appear on this podcast, and we appreciate it. Anything for the Macworld Pundit. As a, as a as a father myself, who must balance work and family, I I appreciate that. As a host, I'm I'm shocked and appalled that this was even a consideration. So <laughs> you're already starting two points down. Fair. Okay. Finally, a debutante on the Macworld Pundit Showdown. He is an editorial assistant for our sister publication, PC World. He is also 12th in line for the uh, British throne. And um, whenever something bad happens at Macworld and PC World offices, there's only one man we turn to to blame. Don't blame your heart. Don't <laughs> Hello, Phil. Yeah, I'm blaming you, you, you. You haven't been introduced yet. 
Who's Mondo? Armando. Armando Rodriguez is here. <laughs> now you may talk. Okay, now I can talk. See, I'm new to this whole thing. Yes, exactly. Well, let me explain to you the rules. I'm going to ask a question. You'll give an answer, and at the end of each answer, you'll get points, either one point, two points. Boom. Three points. You can also lose a point, as Lex found out earlier today. <laughs> um, and, of course, we came up this with this idea entirely ourselves. Lies. <laughs> Do not credit Fighting Talk for the BBC Network. This is entirely an original idea. Let's get started with our first question. And I believe... If, as I look for the, the button on my thing, I believe it is all about this. Two months ago, we broadcast a story that we've come to believe is not true. As best as we can tell, Mike's monologue, in reality, is a mix of things that actually happened when he visited China and things that he had just heard about or researched. And the most powerful and memorable moments in the story all seem to be fabricated. Yes, that was Ira Glass of This American Life, the show which retracted its report on Apple and its manufacturing processes, conceding that the program contains significant fabrications from playwright Mike Daisy. What's a story in the tech world, panelists, that you'd like to see retracted, if only so that you never have to hear about it again? Let's start with Jason Snell. I would like to see anything involving Apple and the suffix gate. Antenna gate, battery gate, heat gate, Foxconn gate. Oh, thank goodness Apple had uh, decided to do a dividend to put off the uh, the baying hounds of cash gate for a few more months. But any gates will do. If only they had a controversy involving the founder of Microsoft, then they could have Gates Bill Gate. Point to me. Yes. <laughs> I believe you're in second place now. Yes, Phil. I am. Um, Glenn. What would you like to uh, retract? I, I would like to retract any and every story ever written about Michael Arrington or by Michael Arrington or indirectly referring to Michael Arrington. I'd like him to disappear entirely, <laughs> not in an unpleasant way. I'm not proposing foul play. I would simply like all trace of his existence, past, present, and future to remove from the Internet because no one would notice. But, but in a nice way. <laughs> but in a nice way. Okay. Lex Friedman. I would like to see this story redacted. So-and-so's new tablet is an iPad killer on steroids. Boom. Right back up to zero points. Well done, Lex. Thank you. Armando Rodriguez, your first answer. So you know that site PC World and all the stuff they post about Apple? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, not no. familiar with it. Okay. Well, no, anything uh, having to do with rumors of a four-inch screen on an iPhone? That would, yeah, it's getting old, guys. All right. Let's move on. And it's the same topic as before. Mike Daisy <laughs> says that what he does is not journalism. I say that too, by the way. Point well. <laughs> to Lex. <laughs> it shows, Lex. It shows. And that the uh, tools of the theater are not the same as the tools of journalism. Since this podcast is a sort of performance in its own right, that frees you from the bonds of journalism. Panelists, please make up the best possible story involving Apple that your imaginations will allow you to. Lex, let's start off with you since you interrupted the question. Well, Apple this week announced that it's found the cures for every disease, including both cancer and male pattern baldness, initiated a plan to end world hunger, invented a new pollutant-free and infinitely renewable clean energy source, saved 15% on car insurance by switching to Geico, reversed global warming, discovered an endless water supply, and launched a new $1 per month streaming iTunes movie and TV show rental service to complete with Netflix. 
That's how it's done, ladies and gentlemen. Glenn. And he went first, so he took every answer. Yes, know, he did. Right? <laughs> well, I just wanted to say, Mike Daisy says, you know, the tools of the theater are not the same as the tools of journalism. Well, given that he is a tool of the theater, he's right. <laughs> but on to the question. So it turns out Rob Enderly was right. Apple has a fifth column. It secretly placed employees at Microsoft, Research in Motion, Nokia, and Google to subtly prevent each of those firms from executing on what were, of course, fantastic plans to dominate the mobile market, take over from Apple. I mean, we knew they could all execute, so it could only be an inside job. Before Rim's co-CEO appearance a year ago at the D conference, in which he seemed incoherent and babbled about dual-core CPO, CPUs, the sleeper agent slipped a Mickey into his drink. So the only thing is, no one was actually working on the inside at HP, those guys are just idiots. <laughs> a lot of name calling in that answer, wow. which we always <laughs> feisty Glenn today. always encourage. Uh, Armando, Apple today announced that they're finally going to fix autocorrect in iOS. Boom. Another news: they're also going to revitalize the fast food industry by buying up McDonald's and Burger King to finally end the squabble of who has the best burger. Jason Snell. You know, Phil. Mm-hmm. I've been to the factories. <laughs> I've seen the secret air quotes secret design centers I've got PR contacts at Apple they took me to Apple's company funded facilities in several far off lands oh wow far off lands like Hamburgolia and upper Mincinau and west Slavistan I don't even know where you're going with I've this. seen workers, <laughs> workers, Phil, young and old, checking into dilapidated factories. They do not <laughs> check out. Apple products are soil and green, and soil and green is people. And by the transitive property, that means Apple products are people. Wake up, people. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> I think I think Siri said it best there. Um, something. Well, let's check the scores while we all uh, think about regroup the direction that our lives have taken them the past 20 seconds. Glenn Fleischman has roared out to the lead with six points. Inexplicably, Jason Snell in second with five. Lex Friedman uh, rallying back from his earlier deficit with four. Armando, as many debutantes find themselves in last place with three points. Blame Armando. Womp womp. Moving on to the next question, <laughs> Apple announced, oh, actually, we have a sound for this. We can maintain a war chest for strategic opportunities and have plenty of cash to run our business. So we are going to initiate a dividend and share repurchase program. That was Apple CEO Tim Cook. This is Tim. And, and he was announcing what <laughs> Apple plans to do with its cash stockpile thus depriving the pundit showdown of one of its longest-running questions. Since we can no longer ask what Apple should do with its spare cash, I'd like to hear the panelists tell me what Apple shareholders should do with the dividend they start receiving from Apple later this year. Glenn, start us off. Well, of course, you know, the dividend is going to be reasonable. It's going to be a good size one. And if you've been holding Apple stock for a while, you're probably also an Apple customer. So my best suggestion for Apple shareholders is to start with asbestos lap blankets to prevent all the burning and horror that's going to happen when you start using the iPad 3 and next year's iPad 4 that will work at 200 or more degrees Fahrenheit on the underside. You'll need that. So invest that money now in asbestos. You'll also want mittens that are touch capable so you can use your, your burning hot iPad while you're protecting your precious. 
Don't laugh at your own joke. (laughs) (laughs) Fingers. Ah, damn it. Couldn't get through it. Sorry. And finally, welder's goggles, because the... The intensity from the new screens will be so bright that without welder's goggles, you'll go blind and Apple Apple just won't care. That man writes for The Economist. <laughs> <laughs> Armando. Oh, boy. Yeah. Buy apps. Lots and lots of apps. <laughs> Feed the machine. Awesome. Yes. Very awesome. Or just buy a hat or several thousand hats with Apple logos. <laughs> Buying a hat is always good advice. (laughs) Uh, Jason. Uh, Well, I I did the calculations uh, on the back of an envelope, and it's about roughly $10 per share per year. So if you own 50 shares of Apple, you can get a free iPad every single year uh, at the the $4.99 price point. For 100 shares, that's a subsidy for a free MacBook Air every year out of your dividend. And if you really want to go big, if you have a million shares of Apple, you can purchase Red Rock Island, which is the only privately owned island in San Francisco Bay. And why stop there? Every other year with that 100 million share dividend, you can buy another private island until you create your own private archipelago. A lot of research went into that answer. That is probably the most mathematically impressive answer that we have ever heard on this podcast. And it's all on Wikipedia, so it's got to be true. Okay. I, heard, I learned that in the theater. <laughs> Lex Friedman, you haven't answered. The smart answer, the big money answer, is to take that money and, of course, reinvest it in Apple. If you want a shortcut to getting rich today, it's put your money in Apple stock. The other option, though, is to blow it all on postcards bearing the simple message, ha-ha, addressed to Michael Dell. Boom. Would you use the Cards app to send those postcards? Absolutely. Well, I don't know if you know this, but the cards are made of 100% letterpress quality paper. <laughs> That's good knowledge about cards. Oh. Thank you. That's pretty great. Very good app. Let's go to the next question. (laughs) It's all about this. Why not just tell us what really happened at that point? Wait for it. We're still on the air. This is not dead air. We're waiting. This is NPR. Yeah. Any day now. I think I was terrified. Okay. There we go. (laughs) That would be one of the most noteworthy parts about Ira Glass's interview with Mike Daisy, the lengthy silences after some of the more pointed questions. With that in mind, and I'm already regretting asking this before I even hear an answer, who in the tech world would you like to ask a question, and what question would you ask that causes a Daisy-like amount of uncomfortable silence. I hope we all understand the question. I'm actually going to award two bonus points to the question that I find the most uncomfortable. So let's start off with with a man who looks very uncomfortable, Armando Rodriguez. Hey, Meg Whitman. How's WebOS working out for you? Boom. Excellent. (laughs) Jason Snell. Phil? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Why do we still do the Pundit Showdown? Shoo. Lex Friedman. Uh, Well, my question is for Steve Ballmer. And I'd like to ask him, after perhaps first injecting him with a truth serum, how much he'd really, really like to buy himself an iPad. Boom. And Glenn Fleischman. Michael Dell, you said once that Apple should cash out its stock and pay it back to shareholders. How's your company doing? I I, I want to give Glenn the bonus for um, doing the best Ira Glass impersonation (laughs) of anyone. 
However, I, I think that two extra cool. bonus points goes to Lex Friedman. Wow. Yeah. No, I'm as surprised as you are. He's just an uncomfortable person. Yes. Uh, let's moving on. Oh, let's moving on. That's good English. Uncomfortable silence here. Yes. Our next question. Boy, talk about regrettable questions. The new iPad. Hot or not? Glenn Fleischman. Oh, it's hot. It's hot. And it's good for you. I don't know what all the naysayers are talking about with all their thermal imagers and burned fingers and laps that are scorched and the the bleep iron that we were talking about today. I don't think I can say that word on the air even. But hot is good. It's good for circulation. The, <laughs> the Enderly Iron. <laughs> the Enderly Iron. That's what you call it. You know, if your Enderly gets ironed, well see a doctor but for elderly people the ipad is meant for old people we know that it's not meant for young people it needs to be warm it keeps their laps warm improves circulation i think it's just fine it's not too hot i'm gonna you'll you'll wind up with a point there and and then we'll just move on we'll move on as if nothing happened hey lex friedman hi i'm gonna go with lukewarm uh much like the new ipad itself and that's not a criticism Apple should and will sell millions of new iPads, and that's a good thing. But I think we have to – folks who haven't yet need to break out of the I need to buy a new iPad model each year uh, pretty quick. They're not devices that go bad or get outdated. Just like I don't need to buy a new Mac or a new iPhone or a new car each year, Apple's goal here is to keep making steady improvements so they can continue luring in new customers. And if I wait a year or two – then the new iPad that I'll eventually get, maybe next year or the year after, will be so phenomenally improved over the one I have right now that I'll have to buy it. So lukewarm, and I, I, I approve of that move. Jason Snell, hot or not? You know, the new iPad is hot, but it's really not appropriate to think of it that way. After all, it is the new iPad, and hot is the new warm. Boom. That's very zen, very metaphysical. Armando. I think it's nice and cozy. I mean, I use one in my house because it's so cold. I just like to heat up the entire place. Put one in the living room, one in the bathroom. I'm set. I don't even have to pay extra for heating charges. This is good. Now I know what you pay uh, interns to to uh, heat their apartments. Exactly. Like one iPad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you only have to buy uh, uh, a game once, and then you can run right. You can run it on uh, both, both iPads. Right. Hmm. Extra warm. Let's check out the scores. Armando is holding his own, but still bringing up the rear with 10 points. Glenn Fleischman, after that very strong start, um, (laughs) pulling up lame. (laughs) Emphasis on lame, 11 points. Jason Snell holding steady in second with 14, racing out to the most surprising lead of all time. Lex Friedman with 15 points. Those bonus points. It's those bonus points. Yeah. Next question. Apple says its latest iPad sold 3 million units in its opening weekend, and the device's improved camera, high-resolution screen, and 4G networking capabilities certainly brought out the crowds. What features will get you, panelists, to stand in line for the next iPad? Jason Snell. You know, I thought about saying a uh, a decent FaceTime camera, because I think the camera's not that good, or, or maybe longer battery life, uh, you know, 15 hours would be nice. But really, you know what the iPad needs more than anything else is a non 
glare screen. They do make glass coatings that cut out most glare, and I actually think that is the biggest deficiency in the iPad right now is that it's kind of hard to see if you've got something really bright behind you or you're outside. So a non-glare screen built in would be perfect. Strong answers from the man who has never had to stand in line for an iPad in his life. (laughs) Uh, Lex Friedman. Uh, My answer is serious. I want a display with a texturized haptic feedback mechanism. (laughs) And this technology exists. Uh, You know, today when you say haptic feedback, people, if they know what that means at all, think of things like the the terrible BlackBerry Touch, which would give you a little physical nudge whenever you tap the keys on its virtual keyboard. But now there's technology that exists that lets you feel not just key presses, but on-screen buttons and even textures like ridges and sand or fabric or bumps. So a touchscreen device that could let you feel the content you're seeing seems magical and um, probably really good if Apple ever lets adult apps in as well. Oh, God. Oh, God. You know, when I hear haptic feedback, I say, Gesundheit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gaining. Just a brutal bloodletting (laughs) right right there. That's right. Glenn 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 is coming from behind. Making his comeback without having spoken. Let's see. Let's have him ruin it all now by answering. Glenn. This is a negative question. Uh, Yeah. Well... Let me be careful how I pick my words. Uh, there's two features I think that could be brought that might have some interest. The first is a 3D display that doesn't require glasses. Now, these exist, but they have a very narrow angle of uh, appropriate viewing angle right now with some television sets. But, you know, on an iPad, you can hold it just the right way, and you could actually get something that stereoscoping could actually be interesting and useful for certain movies, and Apple could charge a markup for those kinds of films. Now, the other part of me, of course, wants magnetic locks that allow you to take iPads and make super iPads out of them with with uh, edge-to-edge glass screens so you can connect them with your friends and have larger gaming surfaces and uh, and uh, hang them on the wall for even higher resolutions or super super HD display excellent answer and 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 no strange references to pornography or or, <laughs> or German like movies that. or German movies what? not yet <laughs> Armando yet. oh god how would I improve the iPad in order to make me buy it which I would buy it right now if I had the money uh, first off, it's already a great, amazing little thing. I want a better camera. And I don't mean just the front camera. I want more cameras all over the place. <laughs> Should be at least five cameras more on this cameras. thing. Yes. And forget Siri. Uh-huh. We're going with Siri 5.0, which will be their new version, which will come in whatever, iOS 7. What will it do? What won't it do? Oh, wow. <laughs> that may be the greatest non-answer of all time. Five He's cameras and Siri, what won't it do? Yeah. He's bringing his game now. He, he is, He's trying to lower us getting, into He is getting into the spirit of the things just in time for our next question. Apple's still hard at work on its Mac business as evidenced by the preview release of the next version of Mac OS X, codenamed Mountain Lion. What code name will Apple use for not OS OS 10 10.8 but OS 10.9? And it is our golden envelope question. Match the answer I have written on this folded up sheet of paper and you will be the lucky recipient of 10 bonus wow. points. Wow. Let's start with Armando. Apple would like to do juice. Snow Lion. Boom. <laughs> Lex Friedman. 
the lion is the king of the jungle. And then there's mountain lion, which is another word for cougar. So it's linguistically like the leopard to snow leopard path, but it's not the same kind of lateral animal king to move. So since Apple's already worked us through the entire jungle, up through the king of the jungle, and we have been, in effect, fully welcomed to the jungle, the only logical move is thus <laughs> oh, no. to look to Guns N' Roses frontman Axl Rose for 10.9's code name, and thus I'm suggesting washed-up, overweight 80s has-been. That's the <laughs> I don't feel that that answer was as serious as the last one. Uh, Glenn Fleischman. <laughs> well, you know, it's a little-known secret, but Tim Cook is incredibly fond of, of small cats. So he's going to call it Mincing Kitten. And that might seem nonsensical at first, but it turns out Tim Cook's responsible for lol cats. I've tracked it down, good investigative journalist, and it's a lie. Extra point for the lie. Jason Snell. Well, I thought about – I watched a, a Miyazaki movie this weekend. I watched uh, My Neighbor Totoro and they have this mm. bus that's also a cat. So I thought OS ten cat bus might be cool. But there might be some licensing problems. So then I thought, what could you, how could you add a modifier to an existing cat name? They've been doing that lately and I, I can't – the best I could come up with was Space Cougar, which is probably not quite <laughs> right. So uh, although I, I'm holding the re- that in reserve in case Apple wants to name it that, they can contact me. But I, I, I went back. What kind of cats are left? that they would legitimately name and I think it's Bobcat so I'm going to go OS 10 10.9 Bobcat will be the actual name of 10.9 well you none of you none of you have my answer I went with Bearcat why because we're running out of cats we're transitioning to different animals (laughs) what about Ocelot what about Ocelot? See, what I did there is I did the, did the Armando you know, um, thing where I answered the question with a quest- with spa- question. Space question Cougar was the alternate name for Barbarella. You know, that was the uh, I believe Space Cougar title. is also going to be on one of those haptic feedback uh, iPads that we talking about And I'm losing a point there. You're back to zero um, now. I'm back to zero. <laughs> Our next question is actually from a reader, from Chad Sellers, who submitted this. Apple keeps pushing back its deadline for when apps in the Mac App Store have to be sandboxed. A rare instance where the company announces something and then moves the goalpost. What will be the next product or initiative that Apple should announce before it's ready and then delay repeatedly? It's a conceptual question. And let's go to the master of conceptualism, Jason Snow. Well, I keep thinking that it needs to be something iCloud related because iCloud seems to be the area in which Apple tends to do the little two-step of uh, one step forward, two steps back and just kind of like, well, you know, mobile me is going to go away, but we're going to add something new, but we're not quite ready yet. Maybe even the the demolition of mobile me might get pushed back a little bit, but it's definitely going to be, I guess I'd say the next snazzy iCloud feature, whatever it might be. We'll get a preview. It'll be, we'll be told it's going to be in the next version of iOS and then it'll shift. And they'll say, well, it's shipping for developers, but there's a secret code you have to do to turn it on because it's not ready yet for real people. That, that sounds like a scenario that would really happen. Boom. Lex Friedman. You know, I, I gave a lot of thought to this question. What should Apple announce before it's ready and then delay repeatedly? And I threw out some ideas like an iPhone with a hardware keyboard or an, an actual Apple TV that's literally made of apples. But what I'd like to see Apple announce is a relaunch of the iTunes app on iOS. Currently, it's just a way to shop the iTunes store into a true iTunes for iOS. It'll be the one app you use to play music, watch videos, buy music, buy videos, buy apps, listen to internet radio, buy books, browse iTunes, you get ringtones, do whatever the heck ping is, and of course, sync your other iOS devices to your current iOS device. Boom. That's a mouthful. Yeah. Armando. They should fix iTunes. 
And I, but I mean, we were promised that we won't we weren't going to need iTunes with iOS devices because that's what iCloud is supposed to be. And then we still need it because you can't move that much data over iCloud right now. So kill it, just kill it now, Apple. It, barring that, fixing autocorrect, like I said earlier, because that's been long overdue. Glenn Fleischman. I'm going to be snarky, as is my want, and say Mountain Lion, because we've, they've already announced it, and we already know that the first two or three or four micro-releases, 10.9.8.1.2.3, uh, we won't like them very much. We're going to have cool. to wait for them to fix it and get it all working again, because they've done that for all the previous 10, uh, uh, OS 10 releases as well. So, you know, they're telling us Mountain Lion's coming, we'll wait for it, and then we'll wait for it, and we'll wait for it again. Would you like to know the scores? Yes, yes. Maybe <laughs> no. Lex and Jason have a lot. Glenn and Armando do not. <laughs> Glenn, let's team up. <laughs> uh, it, it's rapidly reaching the point where you guys could pool your scores. Oh, and, let's do it. And it would still be a Jason and Lex final. So let's, oh. uh, let's move on to our next question. Apple recently brought its iPhoto image editor to the iOS platform. What other piece of Apple software, whether it's a current product or a blast from the past, belongs on our smartphones? Let's start with Armando. iDVD. And And I'm giving you that conditionally because I want to know how it will work. On an iPhone. As a super drive, of course. Oh. <laughs> but also iWeb, because iWeb has kind of disappeared from the Mac universe, and I really want it back because it's kind of a useful tool to build websites with. And on an iPad or an iPhone, you could build your stuff while you're out on the street, looking like a weirdo using iPad out on the street. Armando is in it to win it now. Glenn. Yeah. Well, many thousands of years ago, when I was a a college newspaper editor and we were staying up all night to produce the paper, the thing that kept us going was the random, nonsensical, computer-digitized ramblings of Talking Moose. And I think it's time for Talking Moose to come back. These these pretty voices. I don't want pretty voices for Siri or for my iPad or for anything else. I want my iPad to randomly wake up at 3 a.m. and say, editors go to sleep or you look marvelous. Yes. Um, Jason. Uh, pretty simple. The uh, Apple II. Apple should bring back the Apple II as an Ooh. app for iPhone and iPad. I want it. You can do games in-app purchase. I want to buy Ultima 4 and SSI Baseball and other games like that, and Micro League Baseball, in-app purchase. And for those who really want to go all out, a dock connector floppy drive so that you can add your own disks. Lex Friedman. I would like a virtual Newton on my iPhone, but instead of converting my scrawled handwriting into text, it would convert my hideous draw-something scrawls into Norman Rockwell-quality art. I would, I would also sacrifice at least one kidney for ResEdit for iOS. I am, just, I am just shocked with how far Lex is ahead of everyone in this room. <laughs> I'm just going to turn off the mic and walk away. Yes. Now, this, has been, this has been the dark, my darkest moment as a Macworld pundit showdown. <laughs> um, our next question. Last week, a survey by mobile software development maker Accelerator said that interest in Android was slowly eroding among developers. What can be done to bring the spark back to Android? Let's ask Mr. Android. Armando Rodriguez. Oh, God, that is my name. So you know those self-driving Google cars that you see on the side of the road sometimes in uh-huh. Mountain View? Yeah, Google I.O. is coming up in a couple in a couple months, guys. 
be some good giveaways right there. Boom. <laughs> that or, you know, actually pay people to buy apps. Glenn Fleischman. Well, I got a few ideas for them. The starter might be maybe to figure out how more than 2% of the number of people using Android phones are using an operating system that was made in the last year. That's just, I don't know, that's a crazy idea. Just for starters, the other thing is Google could use its horrible, evil monopoly power, which it claims it doesn't have, to force the 1,500 or so models on the market to be reduced to, say, one or two that might actually work consistently, deliver a good user experience, and be available for developers to test again to know that you know it might actually work when they release it into the marketplace, if anyone would actually buy from the marketplace. Lex Friedman. Well... I you know the the obvious answer here is that they need to make these phones actual androids. I'm thinking specifically of Vicky from Television's Small Wonder. Vicky, of course, being an acronym for Voice Input Child Identicant. Oh my God! <laughs> if Android phones can behave like semi sentient people and wear charming red and white dresses, they will sell like crazy. Not only did we get the it's a it, it, a small, small wonder, wonder reference. Lex actually knows the, the anagram. I am both oh, impressed. Wikipedia knows I, the anagram. Uh, I, I am impressed and afraid. <laughs> so, so uh, Jason. I, I think I was watching uh, TV this weekend, and I, I saw a very lovely ad for um, a new app. And it said, for iPad, iPhone, and select Android phones. And, and that says it all. It's, uh, you know, Google needs to get the act together when it comes to fragmentation. It's showing some signs of life. I think the Google um, design guidelines that they've been pushing for app developers really will help to try and make the, the Android experience uh, more cohesive. But um, I, th- I think Google still has a serious problem in that they don't take tablet apps seriously. I think Andy Rubin still believes. Remember when the iPad came out, everybody scoffed and said, oh, it's just a big iPhone. And it turns out that it was more than that because of the tablet apps. A lot of these Android tablets really are just big phones. They And Google doesn't seem to care. So I think Google needs to to get it together, uh, accept that tablets are different and, and need to be more uh, custom development needs to be provided and app developers need to be helped along that way. And I do think that maybe it needs to take its ball and go home, like Glenn said, and and uh, and build a proprietary uh, Google-only version of Android that's limited to an extremely small number of vendors with a, a very limited hardware profile so they can kill fragmentation because that's really killing Android. We have two questions to go, so let's check the scores. Lex Friedman can almost take the rest of the afternoon off. He's he's in first place with 31 points. A surprising battle for second right now. Jason Snell with 28. Armando with 26. Uh, Right down to the wire there. And Glenn is present. (laughs) Thank you. You know, most of life is showing up, isn't it? No. It's not in this case, unfortunately. (laughs) The new Retina display is arguably the third generation iPad's marquee feature. I would like to know an app that shows off this sharper display to the utmost. A rare rare question that could actually benefit the audience for the Pundit Showdown. (laughs) I think it's mandated by law that we have to I think so. So let's start off with Jason. 
Well, since you're starting with me, I have I have a whole list here. But the one that I had at the top of my list was Comixology, um, mm. the the mm. uh, comic book reading app. It is the definitive comic book reading app. The DC and Marvel apps actually are just a relabeled version of Comixology. The guys at Comixology have um, have had these high resolution files in the background all along. They're now serving them out. They're calling them Comics HD files. If you've got a new iPad and you and you press the download button, you will get a super high res version instead of the version that goes to everyone else and it looks gorgeous it's really amazing how good the comic books look you can actually read the text of the comics without zooming in um if if the ipad was a pretty good comics reader with a little bit of a compromise comiXology makes it a no comp no compromise comic book reader so that's my number one and i'll leave the rest for the rest of the panel glenn get back in the game I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to pass. I don't actually own one, so I have no idea. Uh, I'm just gonna just take a loss here. Oh my, oh my heavens! I know you <laughs> could have just lied again. <laughs> yeah, Glenn, Glenn, tell us. No, 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 Glenn. Wait, 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 Glenn, yeah. Glenn. You have an iPad, don't you? This is the. Imagine you're in the theater. You're on stage. <laughs> you have a new iPad, right, Glenn? I have too much integrity <laughs> to declare a work of fiction anything but that. <laughs> I'm glad we got use of that, by the way. Lex Friedman, please, please, say, please pull us out of the, the dumpster here. With the music app on the new iPad, my songs have never sounded clearer. But in truth, <laughs> as as shiny and pixel-free as, as games can be on the new iPad, I think the Retina display shines most bright in apps that are focused on text. So I'm talking about iBooks, Kindle, Instapaper, Reader, and others of that ilk. If you read a lot of text on the iPad, that is the killer app for the iPad's uh, display. Good Reader is really great for PDFs, by the way. Mm -hmm. Great for PDFs. Extra point to Jason there for for horning in on uh, Lex's answer. Uh, Armando. (laughs) You mean besides the calendar app and looking at its faux leather exterior in all its glory. (laughs) There's Real Racing, too, which... It's really, really good looking without the retina display, but with it, holy bleep, because that is some console co- console quality graphics right there. Oh, wow. Yes. Oh, wow, holy indeed. Bleep. I can't believe nobody said the videos app. The HD videos look gorgeous on the... Oh, well, there's trailers. Uh, trailers looks pretty good. Too. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. Glenn would Glenn agree with would, me. Glenn would agree. <laughs> yes, exactly. Let's go to our final question. Last chance to make the finals. And and th- this is going to go swimmingly based upon how who our panelists are. <laughs> it's Final Four week for the men's and women's college basketball tournaments. Well, yes, it is. If we were to hold a technology tournament, what products would make your Final Four? Glenn, let's start off with you. Big basketball fan? Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, I love the basketballs. <laughs> On this, you lie. <laughs> and uh, all of them. And uh, so my final four. So, And I have a fairly serious answer. It's hard to figure out products these days because Apple dominates so many fields that I spend so much time working in. But there, it's not just there are alternatives. You have to find areas in which Apple isn't actually engaged. So iPad, the latest iPad, has to be at the top of the list for all the reasons we've been talking about for weeks now. The Kindle Fire, I think, still remains a strong contender. I own one. I think it's... It's got a great place in the market. It's priced well. It does all the things that it should, and it does things that Apple's products don't. It's an alternative. It's less expensive. It's not intended for the same market. Netflix, Netflix still fills in a gap, I think, for tons of people because it's a streaming video service. They have issues with licensing. They have issues with bandwidth. There are problems, but Netflix remains the premium uh, streaming service and something I use all the time on Apple TV and on the web and elsewhere. And finally, Sonos. Sonos is an Apple-like product made 
made by former Apple engineers, and it's the one product I hear people talk about more than any other audio uh, entry is Sonos. It's a speaker system that can extend itself wirelessly, not using Wi-Fi across a home. It's got great consoles. It has apps to control it. People love Sonos like almost no other product that I'm aware of, and it's, so it's a, it's a big contender even though it's a small company. He started off strong. He finishes strong. It was just the rest of the answers that didn't work out for him. <laughs> Lex Friedman. Uh, my final four is simple. First, it's got to be the iPhone 4S, which is like an iPad, but it fits in your pocket. The third generation iPad, for all the reasons Glenn outlined, so I don't have to. The TiVo HD, which is not the newest TiVo, but is still the best TiVo ever made by far, because it doesn't have the flash-based interface of the TiVo Premiere. And finally, uh, the toilet-mounted bidet. It is probably my favorite piece of technology in my home. (laughs) That'll really hurt him. That lost (laughs) point there. Mm -hmm. Well, it it actually might, depending Mm -hmm. on how Armando answers the question. I'm still a huge fan of the 13-inch MacBook Air, because one of the best laptops ever. And I'm jealous of Jason's all the time that he's running around with. Uh, I'm joining the bandwagon, giving my point to the new iPad, because why not follow the crowd? Windows 8, of all things, because as a longtime Mac user, it's the only thing that's actually made me look at Windows besides the machine that I have to use at work. And the Nintendo 3DS, because this little sucker was bad when it first launched, and it's grown into itself. And 3D without glasses is still pretty cool. Surprises a plenty in the final score in there. Jason Snell. Well, let's see. So so in the iOS device bracket, we got a not a big surprise. The third generation iPad defeated uh, I- iPhone in the Elite Technology 8. Um, in the social games bracket, strange, a bit of an upset. Draw something came in with a lot of momentum, but uh, Words with Friends knocked it off. Um, in the laptop division... Uh, the MacBook Air 11-inch, the the tiny MacBook. I know, sorry, Armando. I have to go with the 11-inch MacBook Air, which I really believe is the best laptop Apple has ever made. And it's so tiny, and I love it. And in an upset, beating the Nokia Lumia, uh, which is the Windows phone that actually made it to the Elite 8 of, of my bracket, the $79 e-ink no-keyboard Kindle. It may not be as fancy as the Kindle Fire that Glenn mentioned, and it may not be with outfitted with that snazzy touchscreen that actually doesn't work very well. It's cheap. It shows text really well. It's got buttons that you can push to turn the page. It's a great value. So those are my final four. Let's go to the scores. Glenn, thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah, it was a pleasure to be here. Thanks. See you later. <laughs> Always pleasure. 27 points. First place with 36 points and a spot in the finals, Jason Snell. We have a tie for second place. 34 points for both Lex Friedman and Armando Rodriguez. Don't mention bidets in your answer, <laughs> oh, ladies no. and gentlemen. Lesson learned. Jason Normally, we let the person who has the most points uh, pick who whether they want to go first or second in Defend the Indefensible. Today, you get to pick who you'd like to face oh, in the wow. between Armando and Lex. <laughs> I, uh, Lex has been on fire today, and so it would be only fitting for Lex to be in the final, and that's why I choose Armando. All righty. <laughs> Brutal. Oh, I love the music. This is Defend the Indefensible. I'm going to read a statement, and these gentlemen will have to defend the statement that I read to them for 20 seconds. 
it's not going to be a good thing that I read, which is why they have to defend it, hence the challenge. Jason, since uh, you're the, the KG veteran and, and Armando is the newbie, why don't we have you go first and show All them right. how it's done. Very well. I've used my powers to knock out Lex. I can go first. <laughs> I'll remember this. Now, <laughs> now, when I say I, I mean you. Yes. yes. As you well know. I, for one, am glad that Mike Daisy was found out because now we can all go back to not caring about working conditions in China. Well, I, I think that statement doesn't go far enough. I think that we need to uh, we need to praise Mike Daisy for his lying. I think this was all a setup where he was put into pr- into place by Apple as a sleeper agent in order to say these outrageous things, be found out. I think Apple was shocked that it took so long. So now we don't need to care. Um, thanks to Apple, we know now know we don't need to care about China. We don't need to care about Brazil or really anywhere else where anybody makes anything because it might as well be the Keebler elves. What do we care? We just want awesome. the products. So there. Textbook uh, way of how to do it. I hope Armando was paying attention. Here is your Defend the Indefensible. Again, I means you. I weep for all 3 million iPad owners who will never know the joy of using an Android tablet and not being sure which version of the Android OS their device can run. Well, I mean, this is just like a grab bag. Everyone loves surprises. You want to turn on that tablet and find out, oh man, 2.2? Yes, I won the lottery this time because I didn't end up with one of the 1.0 crap that the other guys are selling. But for me, the biggest draw for it is I finally have a green robot on my screen. Awesome. Everybody does love surprises, and that's why our surprise winner this week <laughs> is not uh, – the, the button isn't working. We'll, we'll just play his music. It's Armando Rodriguez. What the? <laughs> How did that happen? How did the new guy win? It's because I didn't pick uh, Lex. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, That'll teach me. That was your downside. Uh, congratulations to you, Armando. Woo. Better luck next time, Jason. Thanks Thanks again, Glenn Fleischman and Lex Friedman, for playing. And thank I'm you. Glad to occupy a seat. And uh, everyone talk at once. And thank you. <laughs> well, you did thank them at once. Yes. So. Th- uh, thank you, listeners. Control. For, oh, <laughs> for, for our, our buttons have completely stuck. This has been the Macworld Pundit Showdown. We fixed the board now, just in time for the show to end. Thank you again. Bye bye. <laughs>